There's been a ton of controversy lately over students being kept out of school due to COVID-19. But meanwhile, something else has come into our schools that's gone largely unnoticed. It's a new trend called critical race theory. What is it and how does it impact your schools and your kids? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, since we're talking about schools and concerning curriculum today, let's just review this whole COVID journey and what that's been like for you and your family. Your kids' schools are meeting back in person, I understand, and so you survived this whole COVID odyssey of virtual learning. Yeah, we did. And I think survived is a really good word for it because the idea that somebody can do their job and have four kids on workstations all around the house doing school and do all that well is a little fictitious. Well, I would love to hear some highlights from this episode of your life. Maybe you could share with us a few of those parent, oh, the horror moments when maybe a kid wasn't in front of the computer like they were supposed to be, or there was a little family commotion interrupting your work presentation, which I think I witnessed a few times, by the way. Yeah, we have uh, had a lot of that, and that's just life. We definitely had, I, I remember one work thing where I was on, uh, and it was a lot of people actually on my screen, and I have a kid army crawling trying to sneak behind me. He knew I was on a call, and he was supposed to stay put, but he wasn't going to. Well, just to give some takeaways here, what are some lessons out of this whole experience that you feel like you learned or maybe God put on your heart that maybe other parents could relate to? Well, I think parents and myself certainly included, we've now gotten a much better look at what our kids are learning. And we've gotten also a better look at how our children learn. I mean, you don't get to see how, how your kid participates in class. You don't get to see their engagement until you have a moment like this. I mean, I had a beautiful moment where I'm sitting in my office and I get to see my first grader stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance. He was doing it with a computer with his class. But it's just beautiful to see those kind of things. And I think parents gain a lot from getting that glimpse of their child. If we don't get to homeschool, which lots of parents get that opportunity, but the ones that don't get to homeschool, this is a beautiful moment, actually. If there's anything else good that we could possibly say has come out of this whole COVID crisis, it's got to be that it has exposed, shall we say, some problems with priorities in our public school system. And I think a glaring example of that would really be what happened in Fairfax County, our largest school district, which came under a lot of fire earlier this year for not only neglecting to give families enough in-person options, but also the virtual technology they launched with was just a mess. And after all that, it turns out right when they should have been planning ahead for all this, they were apparently making political indoctrination a priority in the form of critical race theory. That's right. It's been cropping up that curriculum all across the nation, but we did see a real situation in Fairfax. In fact, yes, their rollout was a total disaster. And then we find out instead of focusing on that, they're busy making sure that all teachers and whatnot attend this one hour video conference featuring one of the biggest critical race, I'd call him a celebrity, um, Dr. Ibram Kende. And for an hour session, he gets paid a whopping $20,000. And in fact, when you think about that, that is $333 a minute. Is that really where we need to put our money? And then they go and spend thousands upon thousands for his books and actually make sure that not just teachers even read them, some of them required kids to read. Yeah, and just to give people a frame of reference, this is the same guy who put out that horrible tweet about Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who at the time was a Supreme Court nominee, about her having adopted black children. Apparently, he was trying to make this point that her doing that, adopting black kids, didn't exclude her from being a racist. But what he said just illustrates this militant tone that we see with critical race theory. He said, quote, some white colonizers adopted black children. They civilized those savage children in superior, superior ways of white people. 
while using them as props in their lifelong pictures of denial. And he's using sarcasm there. He's got words in quotes like savage, children. But those are pretty harsh words in relation to a Supreme Court nominee whose only crime was to adopt kids. Yeah, actually, the words you just read are, are really does a good job of encapsulating what's wrong with the whole idea of critical race theory and what's being pushed in our in our schools. And that is that we look at all of American history and everything in our society as implicitly racist and that the world is basically divided up into oppressors and the people that are oppressed. And if you happen to have lighter skin tone, you're automatically categorized into this oppressor column, regardless of your personal character or your own individual actions. That's right. And before we get more into that theory, I just want to mention that a nearby school district, Loudoun County, apparently tried to go one even better and not only uh, promoted Kendi's book, but also spent nearly half a million dollars on similarly themed programs as part of their so-called equity plan. And then they went even further and tried to actually forbid teachers in a policy from being able to make negative comments, even during their off time about this so-called equity plan. Yeah, thankfully there has been some pushback in Loudoun, which is really critical, but it's happening in Charlottesville, in Chesterfield. They had a night with the same guy, an evening that you could participate in. This is creeping in everywhere. It just shows you this really is hitting Virginians right where they live, so we need to understand what's happening. And it also says something about what their priorities are with liberalism. When we have this national crisis going on, parents are literally begging for their kids to have educational resources, and yet this is still what the emphasis is on. But let's just talk about the theory itself, critical race theory. Why it's so controversial, you know, because I think that the majority of people would agree in this nation that racism is absolutely wrong, it's harmful, and it is something that has to be addressed in our society. Exactly. But it's important to acknowledge that we look at these serious racial tensions and the injustice out of a biblical framework. They do need to be tackled. And from the Family Foundation's perspective, we come at this and we actually have a, a great resource that's on our website from an event that we did with that took a biblical Christ-centered point of view. It's called From One Blood, a Christ-centered conversation on race and racism. And we just had a real dialogue. And I think when you focus it around what's in the Bible, it's a whole different thing. But critical race theory is actually the opposite of a redemptive Christ-centered view because at its heart it's informed by a socialist Marxist worldview that looks at society through the lens of who has power and who doesn't. Thanks for tuning in if you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. If you listen to the main proponents of this movement, like Dr. Kendi, they basically say that there's no neutral ground with this. In other words, there's only two camps. Those are who are racist, those are who are racist, and those who are fighting it through embracing critical race theory. I'm just going to read a quote from him. He says, quote, The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. In other words, the only solution is for the oppressed to gain power and rectify things by basically enforcing reverse discrimination. Yeah, which if you think about it, just sets up our society for this never ending struggle for power, creating more victims rather than redemptive outcomes based on the idea of biblical forgiveness. And you know, it's just like so many other things we see in this world where it's an example of human beings trying to fix a real problem with the wrong solution because they see the problem, but they ignore the human heart, the problem of spiritual sin, and then they start trying to fix it with externals, outward laws. 
but it can't really be fixed that way because it's a heart problem. You know, I just have to say one of the most powerful explanations that I ever heard on that was from this well-respected, famous civil rights leader, John Perkins. I had the honor of interviewing him for World Magazine, and he was just telling me how he was thrown in jail in the South for simply taking part in a civil rights march, and he was beaten, I would say even tortured by these police officers. But God had just gotten a hold of his heart, and he had this revelation while he's laying there on the jail floor that but for the grace of God, he could be that police officer beating someone that he was prejudiced against because it's a heart condition. And he told me only Christ can reconcile men to God and to each other. Yeah, that's right. And unfortunately, what we see in other theories like critical race theory is just this socialist or even totalitarian solution that somehow government's going to fix it. In his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, Kende actually specifically calls for a federal government office charged with punishing racial inequity, monitoring private and public organizations, and wielding these disciplinary tools. It's just not something that we think is well addressed by federal government. It's better addressed in personal relationship and real reconciliation. I think that's why it's really important to explain that equity, as defined by critical race theorists, is not the same thing as equality. Equality would refer to the principle our founding fathers put in the Declaration of Independence that because we are created by God, we have equal and inalienable rights and equal opportunity to pursue life, liberty, and happiness. By contrast, this theory, critical race theory, demands equity rather than equal opportunity. At its core, it's an unconstitutional concept, and yet it's being pushed with great fanfare in all of our schools at all levels. I saw one website where they had documented more than 200 colleges and universities today are promoting critical race theory. Yeah, this is a philosophy that's been percolating in our universities for years, but now we've got it seeping down in our K-12. And we really need to be on the lookout. When people take took political advantage of some very real racial issues that needed to be addressed and then pushed this down into our schools, um, but they capitalized on this moment in our schools and they're using it to push something that is really counter to what would really be real reconciliation. Well, we kind of hinted at this earlier, but one thing I really want to talk about is the vast difference between this modern day idea of critical race theory and the Judeo-Christian basis of, of this whole civil rights movement that was led by true heroes like Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah, one way to look at the differences is to think about identity politics as a concept, and those concepts are embedded in things like critical race theory. And what that is, is it sees all of humanity in these groups rather than individually. It's couched in terms of the privileged groups and the non-privileged groups, and you see the whole world through that lens from whatever group you fall into. But that's not how you're actually defined as a person by God. In the Christian worldview, we see our identity as human beings who were uniquely individually created by our God, he, that we are flawed, that we are failed, but that he loved us enough to sacrifice his own son. Right. And if you are a believer in Jesus, your core identity is found in being a son or daughter of God. It's not defined by these other externals like the political group you're in, your sexual identity or other things. And I think the Judeo-Christian framework is really what made the civil rights movement so powerful. I mean, all we have to do is look at what Martin Luther King Jr. said in his I Have a Dream speech, where he talked about building a nation where people would be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. In fact, let's just take a moment to listen to a couple of excerpts from that speech. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Yes. I have a dream 
that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. Wow, you just don't hear speakers of that caliber very often today. I highly recommend our listeners listen to the whole thing. We just can't do that here today. But what stands out to me is that he's saying, uh, it's, it's that point you were making. You're being judged by character, not color. It's the polar opposite of what the critical race theory tries to purport today. And they're saying you should just that you should just judge people by color. Look at the training. Have you heard about this training that they've done with Coca-Cola? They're under fire, thankfully. But it's basically they're teaching people to stereotype individuals for their race, particularly about being white. They're actually, there's a training slide that they actually gave to their employees that says, try to be less white. And another one says, to be less white is to be, quote, less oppressive, less arrogant. Yeah, apparently Coca-Cola was encouraging people to go on LinkedIn and use this training. And it was created by this other critical race theory celebrity, as you put it, and another author, Robin D'Angelo. But those words really echo also what Dr. Kennedy was saying, that you need to fight discrimination with more discrimination. That's also showing up at our schools. Yeah, it just shows that the national scope of this right now, that it is flooding into our schools. It's at all levels. It's going into our corporate trainings. It's at the federal government. We even have challenges that the Virginia General Assembly has dealt with this this year. It's so sad because we're sowing more seeds of division in businesses, in classrooms. You name it, we're teaching people instead of uniting around common similarities and aspirational things like what our founders uh, created, we're instead trying to have people look through their lens of their race. And I know this feels really overwhelming for a lot of people. And so I think it's important to realize that there is something we can do about it. The church needs to lead the way on these gospel-centered conversations and Christ-centered racial reconciliation. And people need to not underestimate the value of these person-to-person conversations that you have with your neighbors and your loved ones. And being able to, uh, you know, have those conversations about the differences between this kind of theory and real reconciliation. We have tried to provide a resource like that on our website that just helps with that kind of conversation. Yeah, and it would be great just to return to true civic education where we actually have kids spending time doing things like reading the Declaration of Independence and even hearing that amazing Martin Luther King Jr. speech. Yeah, I mean, let's get to the real great sources on this issue. Well, time flies. We just ran out of time for our Inconceivable segment, but these were really important topics. And so we'll return to Inconceivable next week. But if you'd like more information about what we talked about today, be sure and check us out at familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together. <laughs>